Hello and welcome to the Global AI Podcast, coming to you from the second Global AI Summit emanating from Riyadh, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Today, we have the Managing Director for the Philippines Flying Lab Company, Dr. Heidi Sampan. Thank you for being with us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yes. Uh, so, Dr. Heidi, you know, the uh, before we started recording, you were telling me the Flying Labs Company is um, heavily invested in humanitarian efforts. How does... AI aid in your humanitarian efforts? So basically, um, Flying Labs is a global network where we, as we uh, discussed earlier, we use AI to solve common uh, social good problems. Okay. So for example, we have our Nepal Flying Labs where they did deliver um, TB samples mm -hmm. to remote areas using drones. We use drones as an artificial intelligence. We have our partners in Peru who are like mapping areas in the Amazon rainforest. So in our case, in the Philippines, initially we were using drones to map areas as well for um, affected by fire, um, landslides, to map the areas where we, you know, we, we can focus our resource limited um, relief efforts. But now, because of um, the drone technologies improving, we were able to deliver COVID vaccines using drones in the sure. Philippines, inter-island. So we're so proud to say that we are the first in Southeast Asia to deliver COVID vaccines and medicine uh, using drones, like from like a distance of 10 kilometers yeah okay and uh as, you know since um utilizing uh, artificial intelligence in your efforts uh you're reaching out a larger demographic and you're going to uh different places uh how do you see artificial intelligence helping your efforts in the future we want ai to be able to guide us to be able to direct us and make us um you know, provide us with good data so we can make an informed decision so we can actually make smarter relief efforts you know um you know targeting the most affected communities making sure that we're not duplicating efforts with other ngos as well who are doing the same effort because that's the problem with relief or humanitarian aid you know everybody's focused on one area and then they deliver all the services just because they don't have the data okay. so if you have an ai and telling you you know this area has not been served, this air has been served, but they lack water, then at least our efforts will be more targeted and more um, done in a very smart manner. So we were able to target people at the uh, lowest level where they need the aid the most. Okay. So. Can you give us an example of, of uh, just how uh, much artificial intelligence has increased the uh, basically the donors you're, you're, you're helping and servicing? Yeah, so basically um, when we are, what happened was, I'm sure you've heard of Yolanda, right? The big hurricane in the Philippines where, yeah. um, you know, there's a global effort to, to go there and to help the area. But the thing is, it's so disorganized that people are not, you know, getting the aid and they're like focusing. So um, that's when, you know, our partners from We Robotics who created the Flying Labs Network came in and saw the problem. You know, it's, it's chaos, uh, chaotic during that time. So, but now that we're, you know, we're realizing the problems, we're trying to use AI, like for example, open street mapping to be able to determine um, the communities that were affected and then um, also targeting the, the needs. But the thing is, in terms of humanitarian aid, AI is really not there yet. You know, we're we're just barely receiving the um, the impact of AI technology just because it's not um, I guess we're not getting it at the end user level 
yet in terms of the humanitarian aid. Um, even when we have this mapping, sometimes there are lots of organizations who are mapping the areas via drone, but they're not sharing the data sometimes. So that's what we see. So we hopefully, you know, once we go forward, we have more cooperation, more collaboration between organizations to be able to share the data because that's the most important thing anyway, to start with, you know, um, AI, we need to have good data to be able to analyze and do it like in a system, analyze it in a systematic way. Okay, and from an end user perspective, uh, the collection of data is is usually, um, let's say, uh, a concern for for the end user because you know no one knows what this data is going to yes, be used yes, for. Yes. Mm -hmm. So how do you apply AI ethics, you know, in your line of work? So my because I'm a medical um, doctor, yeah. my my first thinking is do no harm. Make sure that what we're doing um, is not impacting the community in a negative way. So that's what I'm always thinking. So when I do this data collection, does it really serve the purpose for the community? Do we really need to get the data? Because sometimes, you know, privacy, and sometimes we expose this marginalized communities to further persecution sometimes, you know, because okay. they're like hiding or something. But if you get their data and you expose them, sometimes they get targeted as well. So that's why we want to be sure that what we're getting from them is um, very useful, not for us actually, but for them, okay. if it will really help them. So that's my first um, thing and then you know making sure that we have informed consent you know even though they're not educated as you know we expect them you know uh, traditionally but they're very smart these people at the ground level especially the local leaders they know what they need they know what their um, local needs so that's why we have to be you know respect you know, um, respectful of what they what um, they believe in. So I have to explain everything. You know, for example, for the drone delivery, um, I told the local um, health officials like that we're doing this um, to serve um, the area just because there's no infrastructure for transportation, for example, for delivering vaccines. So that's why you really have to get a good. Um, buy-in from the community first before you can implement these projects. Because if they don't have buy-in at the local level, they won't, your project won't be sustainable anyway. You're not empowering the community. So that's why I want to you know, get informed consent at the grassroots level. Okay. And, uh, you know, so um, um, you know, artificial intelligence must have helped you gain access to remote areas where you... Uh, were not um, able to access, you know, previously without before, the yes. yeah before. Mm -hmm. So, um, do you have any examples on some of the efforts of how artificial intelligence has enabled you to reach these areas? Yeah, for um, uh, definite examples, like when, as I said, we delivered the COVID vaccine before to deliver the vaccines to this between these two remote islands. Sometimes it takes two to three hours, depending on the wave condition. Okay. Um, and sometimes there's a, um, a case where a patient died just because they were not able to traverse the waves because of the you know, dangers of the water condition. So from four hours, we were able to shorten the, the delivery time, essential vaccines and medicine to 10 minutes. And they were impressed by it because one, um, the local health worker doesn't have to travel to get the vaccines. The vaccines were delivered to her, so it minimized her uh, extra work, and she was able to focus on the patient, so it improved her quality of care at the community level. In some areas, we delivered the vaccine in a mountainous area where there are some rebels as well. But when we delivered the vaccine in 10 minutes versus four hours as well, 
the health worker saw the benefits like, oh, my safety, um, I'm not physically tired because of you know, moving. So they saw the value of AI in um, providing services. And I said, you know, AI is not meant to replace you guys. It meant to uh, add value or to augment the services that you are providing right now. Because sometimes people are scared, you know. Yeah. Um, oh, this robot might replace my job. No, it's like you have to present it in a way for them to understand that it is helping you and it is adding value. Otherwise, even if it's a sexy project, we won't put it if it's not helping you anyway. So that's the thing with AI. We have to make sure that it really adds value to the services that, that we're providing it for. Okay. And uh, moving to the summit where, you know, um, the summit's overall theme is AI for the betterment of humanity. Um, what are your thoughts about Sadaya and the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia holding the largest gathering for artificial intelligence around the world to discuss artificial intelligence and how it can be used for the betterment of humanity? Yeah, I really appreciate that the, the government of Saudi is able to gather all the people here because I think we need to, you know, get the power back you know we're so you know global north and it's good that saudi is leading us you know especially us in the uh global south that saudi is like pushing us to come together you know and making sure that technology is accessible for all and because sometimes you know it's all in europe in northern america and we go there and it's you know it's it's the it's not as accessible not accessible but having it here it makes it like a global accessible idea and you know to have to see people coming from Europe from Northern America from Asia participating in a melting pot and co collaborating where there's no like you know I'm on top of you you're lower I mm -hmm. see that there's more equality so I really appreciate the way it was presented in this um, in this situation yeah. okay so you you would uh, say that this uh is is more of a unilateral platform for all rather yes. than you know preferential for i think so yeah. <laughs> that's what i uh, because i've been to lots of seminars or sometimes you know you're just observing but this one they really the organizers really encourage us to participate you know to have our voices heard amidst the other voices out there so i really really appreciate that yeah okay and uh you know you've, you've attended uh, the plenary sessions and you've seen uh, you know like a, a lot of what's been going on on ground what key takeaway do you hope to gain from attending the summit well my key point is that hopefully AI will not aggravate health inequality or inequity because sometimes they produce AI products that are you know it's very valuable but it's not accessible for the people that i serve the one at the lowest income uh, yeah. strata so i'm hoping that when we do ai everyone is going to benefit and we're um making it more accessible for everyone and i'm hoping that ai in the humanitarian sector is not just a pilot project all the time i hope it can be scaled and be more sustainable and do more ai projects at the humanitarian level because we need it you know there are as we can see you know with pandemics with natural disasters we need to be better risk um we have we should have more knowledge more um uh adept 
in responding in a very smart way and I think AI can help us do that. Okay, I mean, uh, we wish you nothing but the best in, yes, your, yeah. in your humanitarian efforts and uh, this is all the time that we have for this interview. I'd like to thank you very much no, for taking you. the time to be with us. And uh, that is all for today's episode for the Global AI podcast uh, emanating from the Global AI Summit. Tune in to our next episode. Goodbye.